Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. It's kind of how committed am I, not just to my child discovering if they love sports, but how committed am I to their mental health? Because in my, in my very biased opinion, sports offer so many avenues for a healthy kid physically, emotionally, mentally, I mean, even spiritually, in my opinion. So it's a win-win whether you have a a future collegiate athlete, or if you have a kid who doesn't have a single athletic bone in his body. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so excited about today's conversation. This one is super special to me, and you are just listening to a short clip from my friend Carla Haynes, who is joining me to talk about raising boys in the world of sports. And I know this is a topic very relevant to so many of you, whether you have little kids, you're trying to figure out how to navigate the days ahead with sports, or maybe you have a teenager and you're thick in the middle of it. This is one of those conversations I want you to just feel like you are hanging out with a couple other moms talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, the awkward, and everything in between. There's not a real point or conclusion to this one. It's really just a place to talk about some of the things, um, maybe consider some new perspectives. I wanted to bring my friend Carla on for a couple of reasons. One, I just love to have a real life friend join me and I hope you guys enjoy that. Let me know what you think and hopefully I'll get to do more of these. But also because whenever Carla is on the island, we tend to meet up for coffee or lunch and we always end up talking about sports and she always inspires me. I love her perspective and enthusiasm on the topic of sports. Now, 
Carla has um, three boys. She lives in Texas, and her boys do very different sports from mine. They cover everything from track to football to soccer. And so I thought that brought such good perspective because if I just talked about my boys surfing and golf, I know a lot of you wouldn't necessarily relate. But between the two of us, we cover such a wide range of sports. And again, I just think this is such a great conversation. But before we dive into this interview, I do want to make sure that you know about something very special coming up on April 8th that you can get tickets to right now. The Christian Parenting Perfectly Imperfect Speaking Event is back on. This is something they have been hosting each fall and spring for the past couple of years, and I'm so excited to get to be a part of it again. And you can check out all the speakers and get your tickets at this special link just from me to you. It is boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Again, boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Go over there, check it out. Bob Goff is the keynote speaker this spring. So exciting. And I'm in there talking about raising kids of character. I know, surprise, surprise, but it's a really fun chat that I've been excited to put together. Uh, You're also going to hear from people like Jonathan Pitts, Heather McFadden, Jeannie Cunyon, so many people who I know you are probably already following and love to hear from, as well as some new names that I can't wait to check out. There's so many great parenting topics. And the good news is once you get your tickets, it begins on April 8th, but you have to the end of 2022 to check out all the speakers. So you can take your own sweet time if you need to, but um, don't miss this chance to be encouraged and inspired. You are not alone in your parenting journey. Christian Parenting wants you to know that. So hop on over to boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Check out everything going on and get your tickets now. So let's get started on this conversation about boys and sports. Grab your coffee, put on your walking shoes, whatever you might be doing. Um, Hope you feel like you are joining Carla and I for this fun chat and I'll have a few final words to say at the end. Hey, Carla, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you, Monica. Such a joy to get to be with you. So fun. Seriously. And it was just days ago that we did this in person. I wish we were together right now. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yes. Well, well, we're doing something a little bit different today and I'm so excited about it. I have been just eager to jump on because Carla and I are going to just do what we do when she's here on Island, which is have coffee and chat. And just like I'm sure a lot of you listeners, when you meet with a girlfriend for coffee, Sometimes you feel like you could chat for hours. And though Carla and I have a lot of things we talk about, family, ministry, all the different things, it seems one topic that always comes up is sports because each of our boys do a lot of sports and it's something we're both passionate about. And yet our boys do different sports. We live in different places. And so I said, you know what, what a fun topic to kind of bring all the listeners in as if you just are stopping by and sitting down at the table with us. So I hope everyone can pour a cup of coffee or if you're out for a walk, just pretend you're sitting here with Carla and I joining us in this conversation as we really weren't, I don't think we have necessarily a a point we're trying to conclude with. We're just chatting. We're going to talk about a lot of the things that come up when people email or, um, reach out to me with questions or struggles or challenges or whatever as they're raising their boys with sports. And so we're just going to chat about all the things and I can't wait to dive in. So thanks again, Carla. And before we do dive in, why don't you tell everyone a little about you, where you live, your family and all that? 
Yes. Well, so I'm originally from Hawaii and um, actually met my husband out there. We currently live in Dallas and we have three boys, Jack, Luke, and Tay. My two oldest are identical twins. Um, They're 18 and my youngest is 13. So lots of boys and uh, lots of activity and yeah, super excited to dive into the conversation. Yeah. And you were raised one of four girls. So this boy mom life is different, but you seem to wear it well. Well, yes, I will say it has been a journey, but I think, (laughs) you know, from the get go, it's funny. I was one of four girls. I'm really close to all my sisters and I always wanted a boy first and I got two boys Uh, first. And, um, (laughs) and you know, so well, Monica, after you have a certain amount of boys, you just think, well, it's, it's what we were made to do. God knows exactly what you're supposed to have. And that's what he gives you. And um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So. Awesome. Okay. And before we dive into, because I, I love that I actually knew your parents before I knew you um, and some of your sisters as well. Can you just tell everyone kind of how you grew up, what, what our connection is here in Hawaii? Yes. So Uh, My parents run an international humanitarian organization, and it's called Surfing the Nations. They take groups of young adults and high schoolers, college age and beyond um, to countries that you may not be able to go as a Christian missionary, but you can go as an athlete or humanitarian aid worker. They teach everything from kids how to swim to surf. They have permanent bases in Sri Lanka, Sweden and Huntington Beach. Um, and they do work all over the, all over the world. So I grew up traveling to different countries, um, a lot throughout the year. And then once I graduated, you know, moved to the mainland and have been here since, but, um, yeah, they are still in Hawaii and, and busy. And actually, I think I first met you because one of your sons did a program with my parents and went to Bali. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, and yes. So yeah, lots of involvement in the surf world and kind of just always have that tie in there. Totally. It's so special. And I know a lot of listeners are familiar with STN, Surfing the Nations, but if you want to know more about it, folks, reach out to me and I can get you connected. But yeah, both of my older two boys went to Indonesia and I look back and I'm a little surprised at myself that I sent Josiah, he was 12, he turned 13 on a boat (laughs) in Indonesia and he did so well. It was such a growing experience. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, we sent Jonah as well and they both had such a great time and we're still so close to uh, the people who led them on the trips. And then I love to stop for coffee in the surfer, the coffee bar and love it when your parents happen to be in there. I get to share a coffee and a chat, but they're pretty special. Maybe and I, I could still have them on the podcast, even though they're girl parents, but they're they're pretty <laughs> radical people. Yeah. We love, we love them. Mm-hmm. Tom and Cindy. Okay. So are you ready to talk sports? I'm ready. Always ready. <laughs> so I'll definitely have a photo of Carla and hopefully her family in the show notes. But what cracks me up is every time I meet with her, um, and even right now looking at her, though she has a sweatshirt on at the moment. <laughs> She's just like this stunning, drop-dead gorgeous woman who looks like such a class act. But the way she describes herself at her kids' sporting events, (laughs) she is an all-in sports mom. And I love it. It is so great. So so this is going to be fun. Uh, Recently, I did a... I did a series of Instagram stories where I was asking people, you know, just in general about their experiences with sports, with youth sports specifically, um, some of the things they love or don't love about 
youth sports, some of the challenges they've come up against. And, and there was definitely a pattern there. So I thought I would throw out some of the things that came up most often and, and kind of let Carla give her experience since she's done this for a while. And she's on the mainland where probably many of you are going to relate to her more than me, who's raising like surfers. Um, my boys have dabbled in some sports when they were young. They did soccer, a little basketball, some martial arts. Uh, but for the most part, they've been surfers and skaters. And I know that's not typical. Um, so Carla, where should we start? You want to start with um, maybe we'll kind of hop from like pros to cons to pros because I don't like to dwell too much on the cons, but there's some challenges that we're going to address. So what do you love about what, what do you see sport youth sports doing for our boys as they grow up? What are some of the benefits? Yeah, it was interesting. When Monica asked me to do this, I was a so honored and then thrilled because I feel like I could talk about youth sports forever, um, which <laughs> some of you are like, oh my gosh, but others of you totally get what I'm saying. And I think it's because we have such a short amount of time with our kids. So I think identifying what they're passionate about, um, you know, they're in your home for 18 years and you have that window of time to equip them with what you're supposed to give them. Um, and I think the biggest thing that just as my husband and I were talking about it is I don't know a better arena to teach, to prove, to display, to dig deep, um, character, character traits, um, sports really provides the opportunity to be humble in victory and gracious in defeat to learn self-control uh, impulse control. I mean, so many things that we're trying to teach our children in the classroom and at home. But the great thing, in my opinion, about sports is, yes, you're there watching. But the reality is you don't have direct access to your child. You're standing back watching and they are having to make a decision, whether it's at the age of four playing t-ball or a senior in high school about how they're going to respond to their teammates, to the opposing team, to a coach that you as a parent may like or may not like. There's just such a huge variety of character development that you can't really force in any other way. It's very natural and you see what comes out and the teaching opportunities from playing sports, whether your kid loves sports or maybe, you know, sports are not their thing, they're still in, they're really invaluable. And, and it really gives um, the opportunity for adversity. And we don't know how to prove who we are until we're faced mm. with adversity. And so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can answer that question Such for like stuff. 30 minutes, but I'll wait for the other, the other points. I love it. No, that is that is so true. And that has been our experience for sure, especially I think when you come up against the challenges and some of us as moms want to rescue, we want to pull the kids out. Um, maybe you can share here that story you told me about a, a coach that was challenging as we, um, I know a lot of parents are going to relate to that and how your husband and you work that out together. Yes. I think that that, you know, to all us moms out there, your kids are your heart. And so it's this fine line of um, really wanting to let them stand on their own and then also protect. And I think a lot of what comes into play there, Monica, is age. So the story that I shared with Monica earlier was that um, I think, well, my boys were in third grade. So at the ripe old age of eight, you know, it was their first experience with tackle football. And we had a really intense coach to the point that a lot of moms were saying, this is inappropriate. It's too much. He's trying to act like he's coaching NFL and he has babies out there. 
Um, he wasn't yelling profanities, but he was telling kids to shut up. He was super intense. And I remember just feeling like, no way, I'm not doing this. And so I pulled away, walked over to my husband and said, this is out of control. We're not doing this. And he said, I'm sorry, but we don't quit. So I will start by saying there's varying degrees of how you run your family. In our family, we have a rule. And if you sign up for a sport, you play the sport till the end of the season. You don't quit. Um, And I think just because in this day and age, it's really easy to say, well, it got too hard. It was uncomfortable. The coach wasn't good. And it's like we're setting a precedent for our kids to then go off to college and say, well, I tried this and I didn't like it. And really what it comes down to is a word you and I have discussed on several occasions, Monica, is just grit. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, if I told you there weren't times I wanted to pull my kids from a team, I'd be lying. I've, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been playing competitive sports since our kids were younger than kindergarten. And there have been plenty of times that we did not get the coach that I would have chosen. And so I think it's in those moments that you have to trust, hey, first of all, if you're going to put your kids in sports, it's a lottery. You don't know what coach you're going to get. You don't know what teammates you're going to get. And you have to trust that every single opportunity, every team is, is an opportunity for character development. And Absolutely. And how did that, how did that third grade team work out? Yeah. So watching both my boys play on that team and thinking, man, this guy is so mean, out of control. They went on to play in the championship game. Um, It was fabulous. And if you ask my boys to tell you what team probably stands out to them the most from elementary school, they would hands down say, oh, third grade Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And they would Mm -hmm. name that coach who I will not name for the sake of... (laughs) Protecting the innocent, but you know, when we see him every now and then back back in Alabama, uh, we're, we we were in Alabama at the time. But I smile and I think, man, I wouldn't have picked him. But often circumstances that we would not pick for ourselves or our children pull things out of them that they need, and that's a that's a lifetime principle that I just say to my boys all the time. Something is getting pulled out of you that you need to fulfill your destiny. So embrace it and you won't regret it. Oh, that's such, such wisdom for life for all of us. And I think, yeah, I I have memories probably just a little older than eight when Luke had a surf coach that was a similar experience where I would be standing on the beach going, those waves are way too big. He's not ready. And the coach would be like, get out there, you know, man up. I'm like, but he's still a baby. And people do ask me often, you know, how, how do you, not freak out when your kids are surfing in those waves. And one thing you and I both have that, you know, would be my wish for every woman listening is a a strong husband who we can trust to make good judgment calls. I'm sure if your husband had a bad vibe about this guy, if if there was abuse or something that was inappropriate, he would have, he would have um, made a different decision. But for me, often I have to trust my husband. And I know there was one time with my oldest son where he would come to me um, in tears and be like, mom, dad wants me to surf wherever. And I don't feel ready. And it was a good friend of mine whose husband was in the military and she ran it by him. And he's like, 
she needs to trust her husband. He knows what his son can take and can't take. And mom needs to just trust. And um, I think your husband, I mean, maybe you can tell a little bit about him real quick too, because he's pretty impressive. So <laughs> what gives your husband this kind of strength? You've got a special yeah. family you married into. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm biased, but I think he's pretty great. And I will just say to Monica's point, like, I think, and and this goes to my mother, but she always said, Carla, you and your husband will have an anointing for your children that no one else has. Uh, and I think it's just so true because I often lean into Taylor and um, Taylor went to West Point. He played college sports. Uh, he has an abundance of grit. So sometimes when I'm thinking, hey, let's be the less gritty family, I'm reminded that you're married to the person you're married to for a reason. Um, and they carry something that your children need. And it's not just DNA. It's also what you, the atmosphere that you set around you, what you talk about, um, how you approach sports. And Monica, to your point about that surf coach, you know, it's, we're really proving the point. That's the coach you remember so well, because look at Luke now. I mean, my gosh. And you look back and think, man, it was so scary, but as parents, we say to ourselves all the time, hey, take risks, no risk, no reward. But then when our kids get ready to take a risk, it's like, well, I want to hedge my bets. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is you're teaching your kids to kind of approach that whatever scenario in front of them the same way. Can I hedge these bets? And, you know, it's that fine line of using wisdom, but also being bold. And then finally, I just feel like this is super important to say about a, a coach that you wouldn't choose for your kids because it's going to happen. Um and I wish we had mastered this. We're still on a journey, but it's so key. And that is you honor because of your character, not theirs. Mm. I will say that for my boys, it has been huge when they've had leadership coaches. It applies to teachers, but there's all kinds of coaches or people they've had where they're like, man, dad could do it better or this coach isn't as good as the coach we had last year. You know, in football now, we have you have several coaches. You have defensive coordinators, and there's so many. So you have a huge a huge coaching staff, and your kid is not going to connect with every single one. And so in those moments, we get to say, hey, you get to honor because that's who you are, because that's what you carry. So you honor based on who you are, not on the way the person is treating you or who they are. And that is man, I'll be honest, that's a life skill that's missing in a lot of our generation because honor is very conditional and we decide who we're going to honor. We decide all kinds of things, politics, who we're going to cancel. Yeah. I mean, little things, Monica, down to like, you know, in our family, if you hear the national anthem playing and you are at a visiting school, you're not even playing, you're standing at the snack bar waiting in line you stop what you're doing, you find the flag, you turn and face it, you put your hand over your heart and you honor the flag because people died for that flag to fly. So there's just there a go. sense of honor that is missing in our culture. And so we get to raise kids where honor is not conditional. It is who you are and you will honor the coach you love and you will honor the coach that you really can't stand because that's who you are. So, so good. It's a huge okay. Lesson. There's some truth bombs right there. <laughs> Every time Carla and I have coffee, I get so pumped up and inspired and we always talk about honor and I love that. And I just think, yeah, and it, it sounds like that's been a big um, theme throughout 
your life, but especially since marrying your husband. Can you tell a little more about your husband? I was giving you a chance to brag on him. <laughs> Sorry, I got sidetracked. Yes. So my husband comes from um, Mobile, Alabama. He is from a large, um, very, in all the good ways, old school Southern family. Um, and I, I have no doubt that a lot of honor and why it's a big topic in our family is because it is a big topic in his family. And, um, you know, there's so much about the deep South that has great roots in biblical Christianity and, um, honor is just a part of society. So for example, my kids went to public school and we lived in Alabama and all the students would answer yes, ma'am, no, ma'am to the teacher. It wasn't based on how you were raised or whose home you lived in. It was just what you did. Um, and so I think there's a part of honor that is also cultural. Um, and, you know, in in his family, if an older person walks into the room and you're seated, you stand up and you give up your seat. There's just some things that probably if I had stayed in Hawaii and married somebody from Hawaii, um, that would be different. And so it, it does depend on a little bit about where you live. But I think the bedrock of my husband's life is honor is a way of life for them. Uh, and it's, it's not optional. It's, it's not based on circumstances or decisions. It is what it is because there are very few things in this life that remain and tradition. I mean, you know, so many parts of our society that we grew up in our generation loving are really being eroded. And I think it's so important that as parents, we remember for our children, you know, it's biblical, it's biblical to remember and to tell one generation to the next, this is what God did. And, and we do the same with our kids. And my husband just has a family where tradition is passed down. And if you're going to be a part of the family, this is, this is how it's going to go. So that's right. That is probably unique to me, but yeah. It's so special, but it's really inspired me to consider, and I hope everyone listening, and even as I write books, my heart is to say, if that's not something that's familiar, if you didn't grow up with that, and it doesn't have to look exactly like that, like your husband's family, but we can, in our own families, start these traditions. We can, in our own families, um, value what we think is important and raise that up to be a standard for our children and, and make it really a big deal for our own family. So I just love to encourage parents, you know, we, we didn't get to choose how we were raised, but we do get to choose how to raise our kids. And so you, your family and your story has inspired me for a long time. And I love that. Okay. This wasn't in my planned notes, but I want to say, since we touched on our husbands being strong and helping us make decisions like this, how about the mom listening? Who's like, Either A, I'm a single mom, or B, my husband's just not involved or could care less about sports. What's what's some things we might offer to those moms? Do you got some thoughts on that? Yeah. So I was actually thinking about this, and I think that, um, you know, I think sometimes I, I have not walked one day in those people's shoes, so that's very difficult to, and I don't in any way want to come across as sort of. Uh, like I have a clue what it feels like, but I did look at resources and kind of looked at church involvement, offers sports where we are currently, there's a Y that has a program for kids and a lot of the coaches are young. Um, they're in, they're in after school mentoring programs, boys and girls clubs of America. I did that in college and mentored some girls. Um, and the Y has scholarships. Um, I think that there's just, 
And I, and I do realize, Monica, to your point, if you're doing this on your own as a single parent and you don't have a husband giving that advice and some would say, well, that's way more work. And I would say, I think it's even more important because mm-hmm. then you have, yes, you're taking a risk, but you're also, uh, there's a great chance that you're going to get a male figure who's going to speak positively over your child and encourage them and inspire them. And there's, you know, all you have to do is look at college sports and college football in particular, there's countless stories of kids who've been inspired by a coach who didn't have a dad, so on and Mm -hmm. so forth. And I just think there's a wealth of opportunity out there for kids who Mm want to play sports, regardless of, you know, parent involvement, economic um, resources, all of that. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's such a great response. I wholeheartedly agree. And, and I also think, you know, just to consider the, so many of the emails I receive are just the moms who are frustrated with kids who are on devices all the time, who want to play video games. And I think of sports as being just such a great way to wear kids out, to give them something to do that they are passionate about or may grow to be passionate. They may not be at first, um, but there's so much to just plugging them into something. If it's a team, something they belong to that gives them that sense of responsibility and teamwork that is going to be important for the rest of their life. Uh, if it's an individual sport, then they can set goals and grow in that. So I think for anyone feeling like they're a single mom, whether they actually are or not. Yeah, I would agree. Sports are that much more important. Um, okay. Lots of other things came in, in my Instagram questions. And one of them, I know you have had personal experience with, so I'm going to jump into, you mentioned football already and you, you haven't totally told us all the sports your kids do. So maybe tell us what your boys have done. And then this last year, and probably what really made me think about bringing you on is you've been through a difficult time when it comes to the danger of certain sports. Uh, A year ago, I had an episode where we talked about a sports injury that, Mm. um, uh, that prompted a book called hit hard. I'll link to that, but um, a brain injury. So we know there's dangers, there's dangers in surfing, there's dangers in football. You hear a lot of sports that have dangers. Walk us through your experience with your boys and how that's looked. Yeah. So Um, all three of my boys have kind of stuck with very similar sports until we moved to Dallas. They all play football. Um, and then my, one of my twins, Luke plays soccer, which that's its own fun story that we'll touch on later. Um, and then Jack and Tay both play basketball and then they play lacrosse and they do track and field. So just a couple things. (laughs) Those are the ones that we've stuck with. We did baseball when they were younger. And I will say that I think for younger kids, especially parents concerned about football and hitting baseball, such a great sport. Um, My kids just got real fidgety. So as a like little (laughs) free note, if you have a kid who really is into speed and doing things quickly, they might struggle Uh in baseball and that's just good to be aware of. But I think baseball teaches great hand-eye coordination and lots of other things. But anyway, so we love baseball. It just got too slow for the flavor of my (laughs) three boys who aren't good on the slow take. Um, But yeah, so we've played all those sports through the years. Uh, Monica touched on how this has been a challenging season. So I think the journey for me with sports has definitely been trust. Um, and man, it's, 
you know, it's easy to say, yep, God, we trust you or God, I trust you with my kids. And then when it really comes down to it, I realize, wow, my biggest need is to actually really, truly trust him. So uh, in this last season, both of my twins uh, are juniors in high school this year and play uh, for a private Christian school. We love the staff. We love the program. It's really a mentoring program. We've been so grateful and have seen the, the fruit of so much of this uh, in all three of our boys. So uh, on September 10th, my twin, one of my twins, Luke, um, was playing and both Jack and Luke play the same position and play both ways. And so we just have lots of identical, um, (laughs) situations with them. So Luke was on defense and he injured his knee and, um, didn't come out of the game at first. And then finally they took him out to look at it He gave us a thumbs up from the table on the sidelines. We remained in the stands. And then he said, put me back in coach. Um, He went back in and immediately went down and was like, I got to come out. And we found out um, four days later that he had a torn ACL. Um, And junior year, important year for football. Important year. And Mm -hmm. Luke, so the side note is Jack is looking to play football in college. Luke is looking to play soccer in college. Luke has always played both. And this year, Jack said, hey, this is probably your last year to play football with me. I know that your senior year, you're just going to focus on soccer. And so it was kind of this last yay hurrah for them to play together. It was really sweet. And Luke got injured in the third game, Um, which for those of you that have had a child with an ACL injury, you know that it wipes out the year. So that means football, which was kind of on the back shelf for him, wiped out his soccer season, um, which just ended for the school last week. They won um, district championships. So it was a huge blow. Um, And Luke went on to have surgery and actually... um, we had high expectations. My kids are both can handle a lot of pain and you know, your kid's pain level. Um, if my kids go down on the field, something's wrong. And so we had high expectations of like, Hey, you're going to have surgery. People tear their ACL. It's not uncommon and you'll be fine. And Luke had a really bad recovery, had a bad reaction to the drugs, several things. So what looked like a surgery and an injury turned into a season of a lot of health challenges And to be honest, there are moments in that as a mom that you're like, wait, is this worth it? How much do we love football? Do we really care? And you're going to ask yourself those questions, which will all come back to passion, which I'll, I'll speak to later. But, um, so I will say this, like an incredible part of that injury was, um, after Luke, one week after surgery, Luke was in a wheelchair at a game called the Game at the Star, which we live in Dallas, and um, our school gets to play one game a season at the Cowboys practice headquarters, and it's a big deal. So we played this other team, and there's Jack, Luke's identical twin, on the field. Um, and so every game, I'm the mom who's, you know, praying quietly, constantly cheering loudly. I'm not the mom sitting in the corner discussing like what I made for dinner that week or, and there's nothing wrong with that. But everyone who knows me is like, yeah, she's not going to chit chat with you. I love it. She's all in. (laughs) I'm all in. I got to watch everything. I'm super loud. You can hear me on every playback (laughs) on every video. 
Um, I just always tell my kids, you're never going to wonder if I'm at the game. You will hear yeah. me immediately. So Luke is in a wheelchair watching his brother. Um, it was a tough game. We were getting beat pretty badly. Jack makes a catch, runs it for a touchdown. And the video, I actually just watched it again last night, but I could probably watch it on repeat like over and over. And, and I'm not a big crier, but I can cry about sports in a heartbeat. <laughs> Um, and watch Luke stand up out of his wheelchair with his crutches, screaming and jumping up and down on one foot as Jack runs into the end zone and, you know, watching them congratulate each other after the game and just the journey. It's all the emotions. It's, it's processing all the emotions. So, yeah. So later this season, Jack on October 22nd tore his ACL. Um, and that was the same knee, the same field, actually, at a visiting school. Um, and it was, I think, for all of you listeners out there who have walked through injury with a child that's older and is really looking at playing college sports um, and already have had such a traumatic experience with one, mm-hmm. I yeah. was just like, this is more than I can handle. This is too much. Yeah. I didn't sign up. It felt like this. a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And to the point that everybody in the stands was literally like, no way. Um, yeah. It was an incredible play. Jack went down. And the minute he went down, he put his hand up and I knew, and I just thought, oh. I'm not doing this again. I'm not, I didn't sign up for this. So sure enough, Jack had surgery and Jack had a horrible recovery as well. And Monica and I have talked about it, but Jack had nerve pain for two and a half, three months every day after his surgery. Um, and has just now started to recover from that. So it it was definitely a soul-searching season of mm-hmm. not just for me, but for your kids. And I'll just tell you that, man, when your kids are playing a sport and have something happen, there's a grace on them that you don't carry as a mom. I can remember mm-hmm. finally walking down to the field when the nurse called us down to look at Jack and um, he had one tear coming down his cheek. Luke was holding his hand mm. and he just said, mom, don't worry about it. We got this. Mm. And I'm thinking I'm going to, ha- it was the closest maybe I've come to a panic attack and I'm usually pretty just like take a deep breath, but I just stood there looking at them thinking I can't do another surgery that doesn't mm-hmm. go well. And this is also Jack who a year and a half ago had four hours of surgery to put a titanium plate in his arm from a football injury. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's already, and that, those are just two I'm mentioning, you know, we've had several others. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been a tough season. Yes. But you're coming out of it now. We are coming out of it now. And I think the senior year. Yeah, we have their senior year and I'm so grateful. And, you know, even with that, you wrestle with, is it worth it? And you might have parents on here that are like, it's too fearful. I can't tell you how many moms um, have come to me and mm-hmm. said, wow, my son really wants to play football. And I just think it's too dangerous. And nobody can give you the answer for your child. But I will say this, Monica, for me, I think what is most exciting about sports is that it is undoubtedly where my children find a huge amount of purpose. And mm-hmm. I've said this to you, but it, it's probably the truest thing about sports for me. A, it's character development. And B, it is literally when I watch my children doing what they've been given to do, what they've been, you know, what the talents God has entrusted them with, 
it is honestly church for me. And it is church is not the building. It's, it's us. God created us to be the church. And the reality is that when I'm watching any of my three children score a touchdown, make a goal, kick a penalty kick, uh, Jack went to hurdles for state in the state of Texas, which is huge. And it was just like, wow, God, you're amazing. Anytime I'm watching them do something that is excellent because that's who God is. I am literally as fired up as if I'm standing in a live worship, amazing Mm -hmm. session, listening to the best sermon, whatever it is that church means to you, it is the exact same feeling. And there's nothing in me that isn't worshiping Jesus in that moment, because really doing what you were created to do is worship. Um, That's so beautiful. And so if you shield your kids from that, there's no way to know what their passions Mm. are and what they're willing to do. And watching Jack and Luke come through this injury now, it's like, hey, I'm I'm all in. And they really had to decide that. We've never pushed them to play a sport. We've always said, here's the opportunity. But Mm -hmm. now that they've walked through this injury, they're like, I'm all in. And I think those are the things you learn from the not so fun parts of sports. Totally. And I'm going to just say here, listening to your heart for your kids and their passions, to all the moms listening, I believe that your response to them and how you've supported them has fueled them as athletes. And probably if you had been disinterested, if you had been checked out, if you weren't the fan that you are, who knows if they would have stuck with it through some of the hard coaches, hard seasons. And so just a reminder and a word of encouragement to the moms, your role in your son's lives might be bigger than you think. And those few words of encouragement, listening to them recall, retell a play in their little league or something that happened at practice or watching my Levi hit a golf ball over and over in the yard or your kid shoot baskets, those things matter. And so Carla, I believe with all my heart that your your role, I mean, one day, and I'm sure they already say it, but they would tell you that you know, much of their success is because of the support they've had. And I'm sure your husband as well. Um, Okay. I know we could talk for hours, but I'm going to just touch on a couple more quick things, especially a couple of the cons, because I think you've had some great wisdom to respond to one of the things that came up over and over. And it's unfortunate, but some families just said, there's no way we can afford it. We have four children, you know, people who live where maybe ice hockey is the sport or Certain sports are going to be much more expensive than others, but they're just like, we can't afford this, so we're not doing it at all. I yeah. appreciated what you had to say to that. Yeah. Or your I, husband, I think, is who. Yes. He, and I asked him because I was like, man, that's a really legitimate um, concern and question. And I don't know that I have an exhaustive answer, but my 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 husband and I, after talking about it, we're like, hey... I think you get to the point, like I said earlier, you have 18 years with them at home. They become your priority. And so you have to say, okay, what is our priority right now in what is absolutely necessary, healthy, and beneficial for you as as our child? I mean, to be honest, they're my job right now. And man, I sure hope when Jack and Luke graduate and when Tay graduates, I send them off and I'm like, I did my job. I to the best of my ability, none of us are perfect and we're going to make mistakes, but, um, you know, just being able to do the job. And I think what that requires is sitting down and saying, okay, this costs this much money. 
but it's a priority because it's not just, is my child an athlete? It's Monica and I have discussed this and Monica has so much more experience and authority on this, but it's just healthy. So part of it is just getting your kids out there. And of course, if it's just literally not in the budget, you can go on a run, you can have family activities, Mm -hmm. but I do think just the aspects of team building and feeling like Mm -hmm. your kids have support around them. There's lots of programs out there that are Mm -hmm. specifically targeted to families who need some financial help. Mm -hmm. Um, Scholarships. There's so many scholarship opportunities Mm -hmm. at every level from club level where it's really elite down to, like I mentioned earlier, the why. So I just think any parent who's really committed to their child getting the opportunity to play a sport, boy, girl, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what the sport is. Um, I really believe that if there's a will, there's a way where we currently are. There's so many opportunities for parents to not pay the full price, to have all different kinds of things waived. And so Mm -hmm. boys and girls clubs Mm -hmm. of America, they offer sports and that's at least where I was. That's a totally free program. So I think there are a lot of opportunities and it just comes down Mm -hmm. to what are my priorities because it costs Mm -hmm. money. It takes time. Mm-hmm. it's going to be a sacrifice, but anything yes. worth doing requires sacrifice if we're honest. That's right. That is right. And like you touched on, I mean, Dave and I had the same conversation and we were just agreeing to that, you know, if you're homeschooling, you're living out in the country, you don't have a lot of options. Well, choose something as a family. Can you afford to get everyone a tennis racket? Can you afford to get everyone running shoes? Just choose something and stick with it. Set a goal, a race, a fun run, set some kind of a goal and let the kids work towards it. Because I think that is an important part of it is sticking with it when it's hard. And, um, oh, that's, that's all super, well, and super good the, stuff. You know this so well, but I think mental health is such a topic in our generation. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like, you know, all the topics, but mm-hmm. getting outside, I mean, you don't have to spend much time online to read something that says, get exercise daily, get outside, go for a walk. Doesn't matter if it's two minutes. So, You know, it's kind of how committed am I not just to my child discovering if they love sports, but how committed am I to their mental health? Because Mm -hmm. in my, in my very biased opinion, sports (laughs) offer so many avenues for a healthy kid physically, emotionally, mentally, I mean, even spiritually, in my opinion. So it's a win-win whether you have a a future collegiate athlete, or if you have a kid who doesn't have a single athletic bone in his body, it's okay. That's, that's my next question though. Let's, let's talk about the kid with two left feet who just, you know, God bless them. They just don't have the gift of sport. Let's talk about that kid because there's a few of them out there for sure. Yes. And I'll say this, you know, if you're listening and you have the kid who really wants to play a sport and just is not talented, that's really hard to listen to somebody who's like, oh, well, my kids want to play college sports and kind of say it and it feels flippant. And I want to say to you, you might have a kid that is like this math wizard and my kid's coming to your kid for tutoring. I mean, there's just (laughs) everybody has their skill set. Everybody has, um, you know, not everybody can go be a math wizard. Everybody can play a sport. And I think that that's where it really is. There's no barriers. I feel like every barrier is brought down in sport. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic standing. It doesn't matter where you go to school. You can play community sports. Um, 
I just feel like there's so many opportunities. And so for, I can't tell you how many stories where my boys have had someone on their team who clearly sports were not going to be their future. Um, but to watch that kid grow and be cheered on by kids who are going to pursue it as their future, like the character building that comes for the kids who are great at it. And, and then for the kid that maybe isn't great at it, but really enjoys it to be celebrated in that environment, those are invaluable moments that that child takes with them for the rest of their life. It is instant download of confidence. And I say to my boys all the time, if you want to be celebrated well, celebrate others well. And there's something about being on a team. And I mean, a great example, Monica, is my son just finished basketball season, my youngest. And we had a lot of players on the team that were like the line in in football. So some really big guys who don't play basketball, but we're doing it for the cardio and just other benefits. Mm-hmm. And in the last couple of games, they put the whole line in. And they were just like, go crazy. And to watch the starters who were on the bench watching the football line play basketball, they were <laughs> losing their minds cheering for them. And when they would make a basket, it was like the lottery had been won. I mean, freaking uh. out. All the parents are smiling. It's called natural endorphins. I mean, the whole place is yes. crazy. It didn't matter if we won or lost. Those guys got to get up off the bench and make some baskets. <laughs> and basketball is not their sport. So there's so many so benefits to it that you're like, oh my gosh, who doesn't want to do that? Oh, that is so much fun. Yeah. I wish I could see that. Yeah. I, I love it. And I just love your passion. And anyone listening can imagine now what coffee with Carla and Monica would be like, <laughs> because this is literally the stuff we talk about. Oh, it's so good. Okay. The other thing I want to gather from you and me both is we have agreed that sports movies are so great. There's some really good inspirational movies and they can inspire your kids in all ways, not just towards sports. But um, recently my family's been kind of on a kick of watching movies um, with great sports stories in them. And so in the show notes, we're going to put a little list of some of our favorites. Uh, Any last words or thoughts that we didn't get to touch on, Carla, before we sign off? Yeah, I'll just touch on this one because it's been a huge lesson for me and you and I discussed it, but um, I had a child who had never played the sport of soccer. And this example is really for all of you parents out there who are trying to talk your child out of playing a sport because of cost or convenience or sacrifice for the rest of your family. Um, And when we moved to Dallas, Luke came to me and said, hey, mom, can I play soccer? Football season had just ended. And I said, absolutely not. I said, we've never played soccer. I'm not adding it to my list of things to do. You've already signed up for, uh, you, he had already been in the process of signing up for basketball with Jack. And Luke's response was, well, if I go away and pray about it for a week and I come back with two or three good reasons, will you reconsider? So you're not going to say, yeah, (laughs) you're not going to say no to your eighth grader when they say that they're using, you know, everything you've taught them to win. (laughs) So he came back and long story short, he had great reasons like, mom, if the soccer game conflicts with Jack's basketball game, you can go watch Jack. Um, I'll make new friends that I wouldn't make in football because it's a whole different group of athletes. And in the end, I said, "Okay, Luke. And I told this story to Monica because, to be perfectly honest, it has changed the trajectory of Luke's life. And that's not an overstatement. Um, So 
Luke went on to play soccer. He didn't know the rules. I didn't know what offsides was. And I, I kind of get involved in the sport and I find out the rules. I'm all in. So my husband and I would show up to games and everybody else sitting around us whose kid had been playing since they were two was like, who's the kid that keeps getting called offsides on? What's his problem? <laughs> we were like, oh, that's us. Hi, we're new. Um, and so there's so many lessons in this story is why I think it's important. But for those of you who have a really focused kid, so Luke is super focused and has to excel in everything he does, um, which is great. All of our boys are taught excellence. But for a kid like that to play a sport they've never played, basically it just took the pressure valve off of Luke. So he just was free to do whatever he wanted. It didn't matter because he didn't know the rules. And he ended up being this incredible soccer player. And after one season being like, I love soccer. And um, went on to win lots of awards at school and also regionally and then statewide and then play club soccer for FC Dallas. And now I have a kid who, you know, is looking at playing college soccer and um, is the leading scorer on teams. And and all this to say, he often says, Mom, remember when you tried to talk me out of playing soccer? Uh, and I'm like, Luke, it's such a good lesson. So I, I throw that out there because I just think it's never a good idea to make decisions based out of convenience or out of anxiety. Those are kind of the two things I often tell myself. Don't make decisions based on convenience or your anxiety or fear level um, because they'll always be decisions you wish you could revisit. And so for the moms out there that are hesitant, I just say, give it a shot. Your kid might amaze you. They might find purpose, vision, excellence. They're going to teach you lessons. And sports, to be honest, is a journey for the parents as well as the kid. Yes. Um, yes. In so many ways. If I if I told you that my character has not been developed <laughs> on the sports right. field, yeah. it would just be the biggest yeah. lie. And probably yeah. just as much, if not more, I've had to deal with crazy moms. I mean, mm. you know, and I'm one of them. You know, you know, but I'm, I'm right there. Well, but there's all the things. So. Yeah, we we have a mutual friend um, who has three little boys, and she was recently telling me about her experience watching her oldest, because they're all very young, play soccer, and she was like, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> She's like, I really think youth sports is more about the parents' character than the kids' character, and boy, we were humbled. <laughs> so I love that, because I have memories. I have memories of my sons picking flowers on the soccer oh. field, picking their nose. You're just like, no, what are you doing? And yeah, so, so, so many true. good things. So true. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, Carla, what a fun conversation. Thank you for sharing your passion and your wisdom. Uh, it's just been so much fun. I wish we could keep going, but maybe we'll have you back to tackle another topic, or maybe people will have follow-up questions or thoughts related to sports, and we can just do this again. But thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love time spent with you and time talking about sports. So just totally my privilege. Awesome. Do you mind if I share your Instagram handle with people so they can follow you and your kids sports? Yeah, that's great. It's just Carla Haynes. Super simple. C-A-R-L-A-H-A-N-E-S. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Carla. God bless you. And uh, we'll hope to do this again. Thanks so much. Bye. 
All right, friends. So are you all pumped up and inspired like I am? I just love listening to Carla and especially gaining a fresh perspective on just the role of sports in developing character in our kids. She always gets me so excited. So as usual, you will find links to anything we mentioned over in show notes including that list of some of our favorite sports-inspiring movies. And you'll find all of that at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 149. All right. Thank you so much for being here. If we're not hanging out yet on social media, can you track me down on Instagram? I'm at monicaswanson underscore. Say hi if you're over there. I love to hear from you guys. And speaking of Instagram, you know, you can share a screenshot of this episode and just put it right into your Instagram story or a Facebook story. I love to see you do that. If you do tag me and I will most of the time reshare that. All right, guys, I hope that I will be seeing you at the Perfectly Imperfect parenting event this spring. You can get your tickets at boymom.perfectlyimperfect.org. Thanks so much for being a part of this community. You guys are the best. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.